When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What is up, movie trivia Schmodown fans? <laughs> Welcome to the only show that matters. Welcome to the Schmodown Rundown. My name is Greg Gilmore. You know what I have name. You know me as the folks. And we're going to get to my location here in the moment. First, I'm going to introduce my panel of luminaries joining me to talk this week in movie trivia action. First off, we have the Jingus of Frank, Mr. Frank Janish. Oh yeah, no, so, no sound bites. That's right. I was waiting for the sound bites. There is none. Yeah. Just the. I want people to wham, guess wham, wham, before, wham. I yeah. before I reveal where I am. I want people, you know, to guess where they think that I am. But Frank, you're here. You're kind of less important than our special guest, which is one and only the woman who finally, and the vote means finally, defeated uh, one Mike Kalinowski and made her way back to the Schmodown Rundown. Janine, the machine was in the building. Yes. Hello. There you go. Yeah, I got it. Yeah, I got it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, thank you. Thank you. There you go. We're going to talk to Janine. But Janine, how you doing, first and foremost? I'm doing pretty good. Thank you for having me. I dressed for the occasion. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. I should have worn mine. I have a black shirt and a white one. I have, you know. One <laughs> yeah. All occasions. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Now. So I... Oh, go ahead, Frank. <laughs> yeah, Brad. Um, now, like, so the audio listeners have no idea what's actually going on with Brad. So I will say, if, if you just only listen to this on audio, on the podcast feed, on the Movie Trivia Schmodown podcast feed, you might want to hop on to the Movie Trivia Schmodown YouTube channel just to get a glimpse at where Brad is at. Because let me tell you, this is a rundown first, and I am loving this. That's great. Yes, yeah, so... So, uh, let me let you in on a little secret here. Uh, I am on the road. I'm not in my normal studio. I don't know if you're able to tell that. <laughs> yeah, this is no green screen. Nah. Well, that scared me. Um, I'm here uh, in Las Vegas, Nevada. I am in Las Vegas, Nevada. Reality Wrestling has a big show going down tomorrow night. And um, I'm at the MGM, but my flights were delayed, and there seems to be an issue with my room. It's not quite ready yet. So I just lights there. flickering <laughs> off in the lights. background. It's so good. Look at oh, this. Oh, wow. oh man. And you know, what's so funny is that right because now. you're in Vegas, this isn't the strangest thing that's happening, you know? So no, that's no. good. No, I'm no, yeah. I'm sure. You know what? Actually at the hotel I'm at right now, and I'm not, I'm not even making this up. The Latin Grammys 
are emanating from this hotel at the MGM Grand. Now, two things significant about that. One, the Bad Bunny song named after my radio co-host Booker T won a Grammy tonight. Wow. Not only was it Grammy nominated, it was a Grammy award winner. Now, here's the other thing. And I might be making, I'm not making this up, I mean, but I might be hallucinating. But I'm sitting in front of the Wolfgang Puck Bar and Grill here in Las Vegas, Nevada, at the MGM Grand, and I'm looking into the hotel room. I mean, I mean, into the restaurant, and I swear, Jennifer Lopez is sitting at a table over there. You're kidding me! You're kidding me! I'm not. We need to do a <laughs> segment called "Rundown on the Run," and and you go after J Lo. Let's yeah. Look, go I say hey. That is Jennifer Lopez. I'm not even joking. At this That's, table over here. Go ask her if she's a Schmodown fan. I see, I see no Ben Affleck, but I see no. a guy in a cowboy hat, which doesn't Owen really Wilson. Down. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm not sure. Like, what if this is, like, I'm not even joking. What if this is Jennifer Lopez right over I, I don't know. I feel like you'd be way more starstruck if it was J-Lo. Yeah. Well, I can't you, tell. You, well, can you DM her real quick? DM her real quick. I, I do. I have DM'd her several times. <laughs> but I'm this serious. Is incredible. Like, I'm this is great. Very, dis- I'm very distracted right now. Ronnie be good. Is it Roca? Is it Roca in the cowboy hat over there? Is that it's not perhaps? Roca. Are you sure? Roca didn't have game like that. Roca didn't have game like that. Oh boy, the guy's about to retire, um, and you got to kick him while he's down. But that's fair. And also but you know what? Up. I might just stay here until this woman finishes her meal and walks over this way because obviously she's got to walk past the lobby and then we can find out if it's Jennifer Lopez. Okay. All right. All right. So stay tuned. (laughs) Stay tuned. What if it is? Like, what if it is? I, God, I hope so. Yes. I really hope so. With this, this show on the, on the SEN Entertainment Network, that's the biggest celebrity sighting ever. If we get JLo, even if she just flips you off. Somebody out there See if Jennifer Lopez is scheduled to be at the Latin Grammy. Because if she is, I mean, she's, like, she's got to be right? in front of me. I'm just upset that J Lo's trying to upstage me right now. <laughs> right. <laughs> the one episode we get Janine, which is possibly J Lo. J Lo. <laughs> Maybe you're like, Janine, charm. sorry. We've been bumped this week. We had Jennifer Lopez. Going. Wow. Um, I'm going to check J Lo's Instagram broken. story right now. Let me she's see broken. where she's at. Let's, Let's see. see. No, no, no. She on the move? No. It's all, all the Mary Me trailer stuff, and it's like, all right, I get it. She's okay. on the move. Yeah. She's got to have, like, pictures of her getting ready in her outfit. Yeah, none, none of that. Yeah, that. Uh, okay. Wait a minute. Okay, this Hold woman on. just got up and went to the restaurant. No, yeah, okay. It looks like. Yeah, all right. Well, okay. Well, I guess we should talk about the, the Schmodown a, a little bit. <laughs> yeah, okay. just a little I mean, bit. as much as I would love to get to the bottom of this, Brad, there's a lot that happened since we were uh, – since last – week last episode now, uh before before you continue i just want to let you know if i get up and just completely leave the screen <laughs> we know why <laughs> yeah you know what <laughs> we know but you should take your phone with you my phone yeah, will be taken right yeah yeah you know how awkward would location. that be if you like walk up to a celebrity be like hey <laughs> the big I'm on YouTube right now oh my god with a big ass ipad that would be <laughs> <laughs> That's incredible. Um, but what's happened all right. since last week, Frank? Catch us up. So there's been a there's been a handful of matches. You know, Janine was in two of them. Yeah. Um, and uh, she took down the goat, Dan Merle. Took down the goat, Dan Merle. Uh, just an incredible match. The way it all transpired. Just we're gonna get into all of that. Then there was also press room. Took on King Arthur in the teams tournament final. 
uh, spoiler alert, King Arthur TKO'd Press Room. So Griffey Nooms is off to Spectacular in that regard, uh, along with King Khan. And then uh, we also had Bibiani and Griffin Newman do battle the other day in a in a probably one of the more classic matchups, classic matches I think in recent history. Given the fact that they went to sudden death, the way the whole match started was pretty rocky as well. I mean, these semifinal matches were just ridiculous, especially in regards to the first round. We'll get into that stuff, but Griffin Newman's topples Bibiani, and he's off to the tournament singles tournament final. And today. You know, Janine's with us here, and she played Barbarian, and, well, sad to say, uh, she was not victorious, but gave a gave a great effort. It was a wacky match. Wacky match. Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, both of these semifinals were wacky matches, so we'll get into that. So, it's going to be Barbarian and Griffin Newman in the tournament singles final, t- singles tournament final. That takes place tomorrow on Friday, and that will let us know who's playing Marisol McKee at spectacular on december 4th brad man what a like you said wacky is the best descriptor i can think of because if anybody and and janine i mean obviously we're going to get your thoughts on this but if anybody would have predicted things going down okay was that Jennifer Lopez? <laughs> oh my god brad come on she, she looks a little never mind let me not be too weird um no one would have predicted it going this bracket the way that it was Right. I mean, there were certain names that you expected to pop up in there. But but um, Griffey Nooms, again, by the way, the I guess the kryptonite for one Josh Horowitz this season uh, yeah. has really yeah. played to his downfall on, on two occasions now. Um, and I think correct me if I'm wrong. And Janine, you, you can weigh in on this. Griffey Nooms, is he the obvious rookie of the year? I think so. He's right. been on a run. He hasn't lost any matches. He's 6-0 and in singles. Yeah. He was super impressive in the free-for-all. I think that's where people kind of started taking notice of him. Um, so, yeah, I definitely think he's a huge contender. He's 6-0. Okay, that he's might not have been J-Lo, but, but, but Bella but, Thorne just walked by. Get out of here. Behind you nah. or in front of you? 100%. 100%. Right over this way. She's walking okay. toward the MGM Grand Garden Arena right this moment. <laughs> <laughs> Brad Gilmer live uh, on location. Celebrity live. It was all great. the celebrity. What is going watch. on? What is going on? We're I'm doing sorry. a show, Brad. Continue. We're doing a show, Brad. That's what we're doing. Um, hey, look. Can I yeah. be honest with you? Doing yeah. a show from the lobby of a casino where the Latin Grammys are being hosted. Not I a feel like I should be in, in in tune with what's going on. Yeah, I, I, you're really gonna have to be professional. Brad, really focus. But if it is J Lo, it's very distracting. You gotta go. You gotta go. Anyway, all if right. it is J Lo, I'm I'm never talking to you again. <laughs> wow, <laughs> I'm okay with that actually. Oh, no, I'm not. No, I'm not. Um, but you know, in regards to Newman, you know, he also hasn't lost in teams, right? Yeah. So the guy's undefeated in two divisions right now. And I know people are gonna say, well, what about Thomas Harper? Gr- phenomenal. He's done a phenomenal job, and he's a rookie. He he won the Star Wars belt, right? Um. But there is, I think, when it comes to Rookie of the Year discussion, how much do you play? Where do you play? And how many wins do you have? I mean, Griffin Newman plays in two divisions. He's undefeated. He has more wins combined than Thomas Harper, right? At six, seven, eight, uh, nine, ten. Is that ten, right? Combined? That's crazy. Right? So it's... Played in a big live event. Right, played in a live yeah. event, killed it there. I mean, so, and he's he's the total package. 
the total package right now. Um, and so, well, as great as Thomas Harper has been, without a doubt, you know, Thomas uh, Griffin Newman, I think he's going to get the edge in a lot of these votes. If, if, if the vote was today, I think Griffin Newman would edge out Thomas Harper. That's just my gut feeling, but I know there's a lot of love for Thomas Harper out there, yeah. Brad. As there should be. Um, Thomas Harper, it's just, it goes back to the Alex Damon thing, right? And, and the only knock ever against Alex Damon is, yes, you're one of the most dominant or not the most dominant champion of all time, but your division is so specific and specified. Sure. It's hard to say, you know, it's like if you won the three-point contest every year. You know what I mean? Are you a sensational three-point shooter? Absolutely. Are you necessarily going to be the MVP of the league? That's to be determined at a later date. It depends on who else is, is, is right. getting it, cooking at the time. You know what I mean by that? So I think that just by the specificity and the niche of Star Wars in general, they're almost always kind of left on the outside of the conversation when it comes to player or rookie of the year. Would you agree with that, Janine, or do you disagree? Yeah, no, I agree. And definitely you're not getting as much face time or as many matches uh, as somebody right. who's playing in multiple divisions. So um, I definitely think that makes you stand out more like somebody like Griffey. So I think he would definitely edge out Thomas Harper there. And I see what uh, yeah. Tim Sim is saying here, a counter argument is that teams are not that different from singles. Sure, but I think the more you play, the more susceptible you are to losing. Especially if you play in singles, you play in teams. Mm -hmm. You're more you're, the liability of losing considerably increases, therefore decreasing your chances at potentially getting a, a award like Rookie of the Year. So the more you play, the more opportunities for you to lose. Thomas Harper, he plays in one division and he kills it, no doubt about it. That's why I think if you play, if Thomas Harper was like, I think when Alex Damon was killing it in Star Wars and Inner Geek, you're like, Whoa. Yeah. right? Like, then you're like, oh, okay, now he could really definitely be in a run for player of the year because he's playing in two divisions and killing it, even though those two divisions are hyper specific and what they're asking. You play more, play more than one division. It's that's you know, impressive. That's impressive. And, and it raises your profile across the entire league. And people take notice because they see you more. And sure, recency bias is has always been a thing in Schmodown, just because of the the infrequency that sometimes players can play. You lose one match, you, you, you don't see you for four months, but you might kill it. So it's a whole lot of different things. But when you look at the total package with Griffin Newman, two divisions, undefeated, what he's like 10-0 combined or something like that now. Right. And all the character work he's doing, played in live event, killed it. I, you know, even if he were to lose um, against Barbarian in the final, I would. Ha then whatever he does in spectacular with with King Arthur, we'll see. Um, yeah. That's still going to be a tight, tight vote, I think. At the end of the day, it's and he's gotten to the finals in two different tournaments as well. Exactly. That's super impressive. No rookie's ever done that. Um, the only other player to do that in the same year is Sam Levine. Uh, yeah, winning so. two tournaments, and he wasn't a rookie, but Griffin Newman is a rookie doing that right now. Um, I mean, he has the potential to uh, tie that. Um, we'll see what happens, you know, with King Arthur, um, or he was ready, he already won with King Arthur. So um, th there's a lot of potential there for him to start making. Some, I mean, he's six and zero. He's tied the Apollo Yama streak. He's tied Marisol's win streak right now that she's currently on this year. Um, That's crazy. If he wins the tournament, he's going to tie Alex or uh, Adam Collins' record for seven and zero, um, and then there's just a lot going on there. That unfortunately, Thomas Harper 
He plays in one division, and it, and it kind of sucks, but it's kind of how I see it. I think some other people see it, but at the end of the year, when we get to the awards and the ballots and all that, we'll, we'll see how it all shakes out. Yeah. Um, those awards are going to be coming fast and furiously. Uh, before you know it, the season is coming to an end. December the 4th, live, movie trivia showdown spectacular. Going to be uh, talking about that card. Frank, wait, like we're like coming up, right? Yeah, dude, next week are we are we off next week? Should we we are no, we week? are technically off next yeah. week. I was thinking about maybe maybe doing something. I don't know. It depends uh, what your schedule, my schedule looks like next week because Thanksgiving and all that. Thanksgiving's on a Thursday. We normally do the show on a Thursday, so um, definitely not doing a stream on Thanksgiving <laughs> night. I can tell you that. Maybe Monday, maybe Tuesday, maybe Wednesday. I'm not sure. Um, right. Maybe not at all. Who knows? People are looking at me like I'm the craziest person <laughs> in the world. Are they really? Yeah. I'm, I'm sure people have done more insane uh, yeah. things in, like, in a hotel lobby in saying. Las Vegas. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Like, I'm saying, like, I like shouldn't be sticking out like this. It's 2021. Who doesn't talk to an iPad? You know, should like, I on. play? Should I play blackjack? While <laughs> could you? Could you really? Please. I want to win some money. Yeah. 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 Okay. Uh, so, Janine. Let's yeah. talk about your first match. Uh, Before we get Frank, to that, Frank, though, I just want to uh, read Tim Sims super chat here. The super chat from Tim Sim here. If Griffey pulls off the unthinkable by winning the singles tournament and win both title belts, he'll sweep the awards for Rookie of the Year, Singles Singles Player of the Year, Team of the Year, blah, blah, blah. Play, all the awards. All the awards. I mean, yeah, I mean, if he goes undefeated, wins and does both all the belts, do, yeah, <laughs> give him everything. I mean, yeah. what's the argument against that? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Like, but he didn't play in three divisions. You know, like, okay. <laughs> Like that's what that's all you got? Okay. All right, what you got, Brad? I got a fourteen, right? Fourteen? <laughs> you got a hit. You got a hit. He show, dealer showed a ten. Oh. I got yeah. a hit. Yeah, yeah. What have I got? Keep it low, keep it low, keep it slow. Twenty. Twenty. There baby. we go. Stand. Stand. Does this machine got sound effects? That's twelve. Fifteen. Okay, so first I get 20. outdone by Halo. <laughs> now the machine is getting outdone by a slot machine. I just I, won six I'm dollars. honored. I'm honored. However, however, Janine, you were not outdone by one Dan Merle. Let's talk about this match. First yes. round, though, seven to four. You're down three Ooh. to the goat. All right, yeah. what are you thinking? What are you really thinking at this point in the match? Seven to this four. Is, um, it was such a crazy match. I was literally freaking out a little bit. Um, but I kind of had told myself, if I lose to Dan, I'm not going to feel bad about that. Right. Um, if my season ends here, like, it's the GOAT, so it's fine. Um, I was also kind of running on fumes. Like, I literally had to switch a work shift to do that match, so I worked at, like, 5.30 in the morning, Ooh. got off work, and then went into that match. So that's why I, like, I wanted Jacoby, because he has an insane amount of energy, yes. so I knew he was going to, like, hype me up. So kind of Jacoby coming in, getting me hype for that second round just kind of let me shake that off and i was able to kind of go into round two with a better mindset but after that i was i was a little freaked out for sure well then we get into that second round um you spin away from scarlett johansson and end up on rom-coms um take me through that sequence of events wanting deciding to spin away from scar joe and then ultimately landing on rom-coms well it was still kind of that mindset of you know if i lose I'm okay with that because it's Dan Merle. So let's just go for it. Yeah. You know, I felt okay about Scarlett Johansson, but there was more on there that I felt better about. So I felt like, you know, if I'm going to take a chance in any match, it's going to be this one. So let's just right. spin again, 
take that chance, go for it, see what happens. And it worked out. So Yeah, you uh, go four for four, the full eight points, adding another perfect second round cool. to your history of perfect second rounds. I believe you have like four, three or four yeah, in your career, which is like near the top um, of like top five, I think all time of the most second rounds. It's near there, if anything. Um, but then Dan, he ends up on Scorsese and he sweeps it. So it's still a three point uh, yeah. deficit. Yeah, what? Did you think when he got Scorsese that that was going to be a rough go for you? Um, I was a little concerned if he had missed anything. I, I wasn't confident about picking up too many steals there. But how confident he felt going with it, I was like, I'm, uh, he's going to go perfect. So I knew right. it was probably going to be the same going into the third round. All right. So you get your two. You miss your three. Um, you hit your five. Lizzie McGuire. <laughs> Who's thinking about Lizzie McGuire? <laughs> Probably Abby. I'm like, Abby, did you like a, a Lizzie a McGuire pool in a quarterfinal match of the singles tournament against Dan Merle? It's kind of insane to me because those, <laughs> what'd you get? $3 from Brad. Cashed out at three. Look at that guy. Um, I, I'm telling you, audio listeners, you better pop over to this video. <laughs> I know. See what's going on. Y'all are really missing a treat here. And, and so, but. Did Liz McGuire, I mean, did that instantly come to you, or did you have to, like, dig around for that one to be like, this is, I can't believe it's Liz McGuire's the answer here? Well, first of all, I, someone is just a fan of the Carradine brothers and their acting catalog, because okay. they got to kill Bill Quiston. Um, uh, I had to think about it, because I knew um, Robert Carradine played Lizzie McGuire's dad, so that name was the name that kind of got me thinking about it. Um... So that's why I asked for the repeat. And then I heard Adam Lamberg and I was pretty sure that was the name of Lizzie McGuire's friend Gordo. So I'm like, okay, Disney Channel show. Did they say Disney Channel show? Okay. So yeah, I definitely needed that repeat to kind of just hear all the elements. And I think the Robert Carradine was what sealed it for me to get to Lizzie McGuire movie. I had no what, idea. What, that was, what the was the category release. again? Just remind me. I think it was, was it family films? It was the 2000s. Was it family films? The 2000s. 2000s. Okay. Oh my okay. gosh. What a difficult thought. Really? I mean, who's the, like who thinks about Disney Channel movies being theatrically released? Yeah, that they, yeah. That they would be that's theatrically why I released. To think about it. Yeah, yeah. that's but why then, that's a five point. Yeah, absolutely. And and Dan gets a, a three pointer, and uh, it was the um, Tarantino, the, the Kill Bill question. That was his five pointer. His three pointer was the the Viggo oh, Mort the he, one looking for Viggo Mortensen, which. Uh, that was insane. I thought he, I'm like, he's just spending too much time yeah. with Ben. He's definitely just playing it up <laughs> right, right. because like this film is like his kind of era of film. Seems like a film he would like. I knew it. So I'm like, if I know it, Dan has to know it. He's totally just psyching me out for the drama of it. Like he's pulling a Ben Bateman right now. So the fact that he didn't know it, like I was, I was pretty shocked because I really I, thought he knew that. It seems like, I don't know that he just didn't outright know it, but maybe he just blink couldn't pull it because it certainly seems like something Dan would know. And I think yeah. perhaps on another day, another time, what you know, he could probably pull it. But this happens in the game all the time where yeah. there's I think we'll talk about it in, in bar, your match with Barbarian. There's one that you blinked on yes. Leslie Mann, right? Mm -hmm. And just couldn't pull it. This could have been that situation. I mean, looking at Dan's post-match interview was kind of tough because he takes it really seriously yeah. and tough, but he misses that one. And then he gets that Quentin Tarantino. Um, how old was the little girl or how many years elapsed? Uh, how many years was she in the coma? Yeah, in the coma. Yeah. And uh, he said five. I think the answer was four. Yeah. And so it's certainly 
a question where you can you can guess because you're only looking for a number. Number. It wasn't yeah. like it wasn't like a super impossible question. I don't think. Um, I know for myself working in three, I'm like, how old was that little girl when she? When she yeah, reunited? I think that's where everyone went. When I talked to people, yeah. they all kind of went to think about how old was her daughter, and that's kind of where they tried to figure out the answer to that question. Yeah, so you're probably thinking in that four or five range. Maybe it was fifty fifty on do I pick four or do I pick five? Pick five, and, yeah. And unfortunately, it did not go his way. He misses his three and his five. I, I, I wanted to go check and see how many times that had ever happened to Dan in his history. I just didn't have the time to go look at it. I, it's might have happened once or twice, um, but none, nonetheless, he he misses it. The final is nineteen to seventeen in favor of Janine the Machine. She would advance to the tournament semifinal to face Barbarian Brad. Um, I want to talk about this post-match, though, real quick about Dan Merle and everything he said and how he's feeling. You know, Christian's talked about it, and I think we've talked about it on the show, and I think other players can relate to how he was feeling in that post-match when you put so much time and effort mm -hmm. into this, and you come up short, and you feel like maybe the game got the best of you that day. You do so much to try and prepare against that type of thing. You know, he's talking... It wasn't in such a defeatist mentality, but I think we've, we've heard these echoes before of like, maybe I can yes. take a break, take some time away. It certainly sounded like that, but that's not going to quite happen, and we'll get to why that's the case later on. But Brad, listening to Dan in this post-match interview, what did you take away from it? It, it was remnant of, uh, of a Dan that we had heard prior, right, uh, before his first sabbatical. Would that be the term sure. to use, I guess? Sure. Um, it's talk that we've heard from Ben Bateman before. Uh, it's talk that we've heard from John Roca before. It was a little, uh, it was a little bit, you know, you had the mind thinking, yeah. could this be it? Could this be it for Dan Merle? Could you need the machine? <laughs> I don't want to be responsible for that. Be the one that did it for Dan. Um, but I, I don't think that that's the case because we know we know that. But but that was going through my mind. The other thing was this, and I have this question for Janine. When you beat a Dan Merle, is it like the feeling or what you would think the feeling would have been for somebody like Allen Iverson when he crossed Jordan, right? <laughs> or, or do you know what I mean? Like, here I am. Obviously, I, I don't think that you were blind to the fact that you were the underdog. I mean, yes. just because it's Dan Merle. Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, and any other match, you're automatically, think, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It doesn't matter who he's I playing. I totally got, got be, that. He could be playing Martin Scorsese in a Martin Scorsese trivia match, and Martin Scorsese would be the underdog. <laughs> 100%. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, he would be the underdog. So, um, beating him, like, encapsulate that feeling for us again now that you've had some time removed. I mean, it was kind of unbelievable. And I, like, wanted to enjoy it, but I also kind of had in my head, well, did I beat him or did he beat himself? So can I really enjoy right. this? So that thought was also in my head. Um, but I didn't want to kind of take away from, you know, what I did put into that match because I did put a lot of work into it. And I think I did, you know, play the best of my ability. And, you know, I had a great round two and I had luck on my side and had a tough five. And so, you know, it took me a while to really kind of get to that place of really trying to enjoy it and feel proud of what I did and not just think, well, maybe it was more about him beating himself and it wasn't me. Um, so now that I've had time to kind of sit with it, I'm, I'm really proud of myself that I was able to do that because Dan is epic. Yep. So. 
Yeah, you got to be able to put yourself in a position to win the game, and you did that by hitting your five. And so you certainly have to take credit for that, absolutely. Um, but, you know, sometimes, you know, the questions just don't roll your way. You've had experience yeah. with that. And eventually, sometimes... Or categories don't roll your way. Or categories yeah. don't roll your way. You know, the spins... Yeah. It's not, you know, not even the question. It's just like that category is such a right. blind spot. For and so I think it was about time Janine was due for, for <laughs> you know, for some of the other Schmodown luck that's evaded you for a yes. lot of your career it's like you know and and it's about time it's about unfortunately it had to come at the the cost of dan merle but if it's going to happen i mean if you're the other player yeah <laughs> so it was a great match yeah. it was a great match and, and a great and honestly i loved your reaction because it was it's so good it's just yes it was a great reaction let me ask you this though when you beat somebody and you see that they have this emotional reaction to it and talk about all the hours and the things that they put into it, right? Like Dan did. Mm -hmm. Do you feel bad at all? Of course I feel bad because I've been there right. so many times. And especially for Dan to feel like that because, I mean, you know, I have so much respect for him. Dan is the reason I like fell in love with the show in the first place. His match was the first match I ever watched. And from then on, I was hooked. And, you know, I don't think I would have been in the Schmodown at all without having seen Dan do it first. Um, so to have him, see him have that kind of reaction, it, it did make me feel bad because I've been there and to see someone like that, who I have so much respect for, feel that, um, yeah, definitely made me feel bad. That's incredible. It's just incredible. It was an incredible moment. Um, because, and it really what makes the game so great. It's such a great game to watch. Not only for the level of play that you all had in, in the match, but just, um, you never, you can never, ever have for certain in this game. Yeah. Ever. Yeah. There's no sure shot. Ever. And even when, you know, he said five, like in my head, I was like, I think it's four, but I'm not sure. So until they said I was the winner, I still didn't know. And like for me, most matches, like I know if I know the, they're five, then I yeah. can kind of know, okay, I won. But with his five, I, I still didn't know. But I was like, Maybe, maybe I got it wrong in my head. Maybe it is five. I think it's four, but maybe it's five. So until they said it, that that breath of time felt infinite because I was just like, <laughs> yeah. did, I, did, did he get it? Did he not get like, yeah. So even yeah. until they said my name, I had no clue that I got. And if got Dan it. says it, you automatically. Exactly. You just assume <laughs> that it's right. Odds are he's probably right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But, but like that, those type of endings and matches. Certainly, um, I think in my in my in my mind, you know, etched their way into Schmodown history. One of the classic moments, classic victories, and, and you know, and, and those moments that come out of stuff. Like, I mean, we talk about not to bring up Dan Merle losing to the Andrew Guy, but it's 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 wins like that. It was another win. Um, what another like like Paige beating Bateman? You know, like yeah. those like yeah, those types Bateman, of wins and moments um are stuff that that are gonna be played they're gonna be put in highlight reels you know when we show off the schmoda like more. those are those moments that are gonna live on um and this is this was another match that was pretty incredible um there was another incredible match after this with bibiani yeah. with bibiani and griffin wow. newman went to sudden death only two questions deep um, but man, this match was also wacky, Janine, because yes. I don't know what you were thinking when you were watching their first round because Griffin Newman goes 0 for 3 in the first three questions. Oh my god. Yeah. And yes. Bibbs, you know, was 1 for 3. So it's it's 1 to 0 heading into that fourth question. Um 
I don't know if this gives you some validation of how you played your first round, but you're like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's I didn't hard. feel so bad after that. <laughs> like the question writers are really coming for us. Like, yeah, they, they're really just having some fun. Um, yeah, I felt a little bit better that like, okay, it's it's really the questions are just tough because players like Vibs and Griffey have not really been missing like that. Yeah. They've been getting perfect rounds or almost perfect rounds, getting bonuses. Um, and so for them to have, you know, such a lower scoring round one, I didn't feel so bad because I was like, is it me? Like, cause I studied a lot. I put so much time into this. Like, is it really me? Like, did I just not study yeah. enough? Did I not do enough? Um, so I was able to kind of get that thought out of my head because it was just tough questions. You can't study or know everything. So how do you feel as a player when the writing of the questions seems to have, again, toward the end of the season, taken a big jump up in difficulty level. I think a noticeable level, like earlier yeah. in the season, especially even round ones were, were much you know, more gettable questions. Yeah. Uh, I say gettable, it's a relative term, but uh, something that the average movie fan would probably be able to grasp a hold of. And then as the seasons have progressed, or the, the season has progressed this year, um, those questions get more and more difficult. Is it frustrating as a player to know I can study, 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 and there's still going to be all these blind spots and these crazy things the writers come up with? Or do you have you made peace with it and just say, look, I'm going to do what I can when I get that wheel. Round one, all bets are off. Round three, who the hell knows? Um, yeah, I mean, it's a little bit of both. It is definitely frustrating because you could watch somebody else's match and be like, I knew all of those. Why couldn't I get those questions? <laughs> right. That's always kind of the thing. Um, but I think, you know, I commend the question writers for seeing, like, the level of play being so high this season. And kind of putting us up to that challenge. And I think that makes it more, I feel like when the questions were easier, um, I think some perspectives were, let's make the questions easier so that people can play along and feel like they're part of the show or that whole mentality. But I think it's more entertaining when it's tougher because then it, see, it shows, you know, you know what we're putting into it. Right. Um, it makes kind of the more of the other rounds more interesting Uh how it's, you know, how it's going to shake out. So, you know, I commend them for really seeing that the level of play has gone up and kind of meeting that challenge with tougher questions. I feel like maybe that's what they're going for. Um, so I appreciate that. But yes, it's also just very frustrating because, yeah, you, right. you put a lot of time into studying and you just can't know everything. Just, yeah. Oh, that would bother the ever-loving hell out of me. <laughs> you know? It yes. would be so upset. Um, but yeah, Frank, wacky way for Griffey Noons to start. And you got to think if you're Bibiani, well, hey, man, he just went 0 for 3 on his yeah. first three-round yeah. three match. I'm Bibiani. I'm liking these odds. Right. And, and when, you, when, you, when Bibiani comes out of that first round with a one-point lead, which you'll take against Gr Griffin Newman at this point, Griffin Nooms, uh, because you know if you're Bibiani how well you can play in the second round, how well you do ready. in the final mm -hmm. round. And, uh oh, Brad, Brad might be on the move. But but what happened here with Griffin Newman? He spends a bunch of choice. Ready. Let me let y'all go. I'll be yeah. right back. Well, okay, you go do what you got to do, and uh, we'll just man the show here. Uh, All right, I can still Let's hear go. you. Are you oh. oh, you're still there. Oh, Hold God. on. All right, well, whatever. Oh, there. Okay. All right, there it is. So Griffin Newman, he spends opponent's choice. Bibiani saddles him with Star Trek, and you know Bibiani no slouch to Star Trek. Yeah. But it, what's Griffin Newman going to do here? He ends up going three for four for six points. Uh, Bibbs does pick up a one-point steal. And it's still pretty impressive for our opponent's choice. And something so as tricky as, like, so something as niche and, like, inner geekdom level as Star Trek. 
Absolutely, absolutely. And if you're Bibiani, if you're able to get just one point off of Griffin Newman on steal, yeah. mi- mission accomplished, especially against a guy like him and the way he's been playing. Yeah. Um, Bibiani spins Drew Barrymore. He lands on it. He goes four for four <laughs> for seven points. Um, and now he has a three-point lead over Griffin Newman. Yeah, nice to little cushion. Yeah. Nice little cushion there. Uh, I don't know. I was watching this match and I go, man, Griffin Newman just happened to come up against one of the best players right now that he's that he has yet to face and it's not going exactly to plan yeah. that first round just seems like man just brutal first round because if he had a better first round maybe it's a tie game maybe he's leading but nonetheless uh griffin newman hits his two and his three and his five bibiani hits his two misses his three but three. hits his five to force it's sudden death and i go yeah you never know you never know yes but then also at the same time, I don't know about you, Janine, watching how they played that first round, and I'm like, well, Sudden Death is kind of more of the same in that regard. Yes. But I just, are we going to see a sloppy Sudden Death round? Are we going to see a long Sudden Death round? Are we going to see a yes. short are one? Yes, these questions going to be as hard as that first yeah. round was for them, or it's going to be a little bit easier? Yeah. So it only goes two questions deep, and... <laughs> Poor Bibbs. He gets a movie release date question, basically. Uh, Unable to pull it. 2019-2009. Griffin Newman pulls out the victory after trailing by three, going to that final round. Forces sudden death. That puts him into the tournament final. Finals, yeah. Um, Just an incredible run from Griffin Newman. He is now... uh, Was it... Makes him 5-0, right? So Or 5-0. So... uh, Or... Six and oh. Five? Six, six, wait. <laughs> five, four, if he I think beat, it's five. If he beats Barbarian, five. would that be six? And then with his team's matches, that would be the ten? I don't know. He's won a lot. <laughs> he's, won <laughs> yeah, a lot. Like, he's won a lot. I don't have it right in front of me. I'm trying to figure out. I remember these numbers. Anyway, regardless, the guy has still hasn't lost yet. He just yes. took down Bibiani. Um, uh, big match. But then on the other side here, Ginny, we're going to have to get into it. I'm sorry. I know. But you take oh. on Barbarian, who, who's who been playing really well. And he's also... <laughs> there you go. Um, he's been playing really well. And he, he came into this league as touted as someone who can just answer everything. He knows everything. Yes. I and was trying to really... study him, and I, I I could not find, like, any real chinks. In yeah, that I was going to say, didn't really happen for him, you know, that first year. Second year, you know, he kind of flamed out with inner geekdom, didn't mm-hmm. work out. And then he put more of his efforts into his faction and, and obviously this singles tournament. Yeah. Um, when you were preparing for someone like Barbarian Janine, you know, where do you where do you even begin? Um, well, I went back, I kind of watched all his old matches, tried to see like what he missed, what he seemed kind of shaky on, um, what he's really good at, so that I could kind of maybe hone on those things. So if it were to come up, I, you know, could avoid him getting steals off me or I could take points from him. Um, so yeah, like I couldn't really find too many weaknesses. So it was more focusing on his strengths and trying to in the time that I had, because the turnaround of, you know, of of these last few matches has been insane um, in the time that I had to kind of hone in on his strengths. um, And then also kind of broaden my knowledge as well, because I knew he had such a broad knowledge. So in the time that I had, that's what I tried to do. Just kind of, you know, improve on his strengths and widen my strength, my weaknesses. So, and my, you know, knowledge. Now we look at this first round. Speaking of rough first rounds, Ooh. oh, it hurts. It hurts five so to two, but 
mathematically, it's just a three point difference. It's still difference. the same as Dan. Yeah. It's right. It's just a three point difference. Yeah. We've been here, done that. Just okay. Um, but you hit the first two. You hit, I mean, in that 2000s question, forget the, the actual question, but you hit it. He misses it. Um, you seem pretty proud of yourself in that moment. It looked like you're like, all right, feeling pretty well, yeah. good here. And then it was <laughs> from there on out, you missed every single question. Yes. Um, and my but, internet had gone out twice. So that was just this weird kind of distraction yeah. in my head as well. Like immediately, as soon as it went out, it was in the middle of a question. So I called Roxy on FaceTime so she could see me. See, I wasn't like looking anything up and, yeah. you know, so I wanted to be fair in that aspect. But, um, and I still got it wrong. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. so. <laughs> Um, yeah, so that was kind of in my head as well, just like stressing about, oh my gosh, my internet went out, I have to reset it, oh my god, so yeah, there were a lot of factors kind of just messing up my whole flow of that first round, and like my worst first round ever was just very stressful, disappointing, frustrating. <sighs> yeah. But you mean, Barbarian also struggled as well, I mean, only five yeah. points there, yeah. um, five to two, again, just it's just a three-point difference when you look at it that way. Um, you know, he likes to go first, spins away from scoring the soundtracks, lands on 2010s. He goes three of four, but only getting four points there. Um, you had an opportunity at a steal, yeah. wasn't able to pick it up. Um, do you feel like, you know, going through that second round, though, how did you, did you feel like, because you weren't completely out of it at all. You could still, um, you know, with the possibility of a, of a great round, take the lead or even, you know, tie it. Tie it up. Um, what you did do is you tied it up. Um, you could have taken a one-point lead, but uh, a tie nonetheless. Um, when you did that, when you when you took Tyler Perry, um, was it was it like okay, look, was the pressure on you to be like I have to go perfect here, or or are you doing the math saying you know I could check down to multiple choice once and still be tied, and that's 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 fine, but uh, were you playing any kind of scenarios in your mind in terms of how to how to navigate that round to ensure you know that you could then challenge there in the in the final round. Yeah, the goal was to either tie it up or try to get ahead um, just because of that round one. But kind of Roxy putting in my head, well, you know, this is where you were with Dan. Like you were three points behind and you were able to make that up. So then I was kind of like, okay, it's like a numbers game with that. So I, I don't need to worry about it. it's a two. It's literally like the three point difference. That's what I need to kind of focus on. Um, so, yeah, I definitely the goal was to either tie it up or try to get ahead. So, um, again, it was kind of that Dan mentality I had going into that round two, you know, um, if it ends here, I want to at least just go for it. So I took that chance and, you know, got Tyler Perry. So stuck with that. Um, and I felt com comfortable checking down at least that one because, you know, I wasn't confident on that, that one question. Yeah. Um, and I didn't want to outright miss it. So, um, I, I felt okay checking down for that one question, but the goal was definitely to at least try to tie it up. So now what's the mentality then going to that final round? You're tied up with Barbarian. It's 9-9. You know, they talked about low-scoring affair, but it's a tie <laughs> yeah. game going into yeah. the final round. I mean, what's the mentality? What's the mentality there? Are you thinking about what kind of questions are going to throw at me? Is, you know, what what's the mentality? Um, um, yeah, just, just hoping for a little bit of luck because at this point, like, what can I do? Um, I always have you know it, it, it's touch or go with the third round so i really was just hoping for some luck that's kind of I, there was nothing else much i could do at that point but just hope i got things that i knew and it, it just didn't shake out that way so yeah. and you got the 90s the 80s, 80s and, the, and 70s. the 70s all decades so Unreal. uh yeah yeah just really really weird um 
but you're going through, you know, you miss your three and your five. Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't know what, what I mean, you, you, you're coming off such a high with the Dan Merle match. And then you come into this, you know, how do you, how do you, you know, manage those emotions where it's just like, did you, I mean, let me ask you this. After you beat Dan Merle, did you ever entertain the idea that you could win the entire tournament after that? Yes, definitely. Like I knew Griffey had been tough and, you know, playing amazing. And I, I thought he was going to be, you know, a tough competitor. But I definitely, with how I was playing, the work I was putting into preparing, um, you know, the faction support I was getting, the f- support from Roxy, um, I really thought I could go all the way, um, especially after beating Dan. So, um, yeah, I didn't have any doubt that I, I could accomplish that, even after kind of how that round one went uh the fact that i was able to tie it up i still had that confidence that i could i could still make something happen um and i even was studying like 70s and 80s because you know decades were kind of tricky for me um so i had been putting a lot of time into studying 70s and 80s and i had watched i was so annoyed with my three because i had just watched like a bunch of clint eastwood movies i'd watched the whole dirty harry series um i'd watched the gauntlet so i had watched a bunch of clint eastwood movies and i just got one that i hadn't oh. gotten to yet um so and then yeah even 80s i had been studying a lot of 80s so the fact that you can study something so much and it's just something that you just just slips through the cracks yep yeah so so that's what made it kind of tough um just that kind of luck factor kind of coming for me again <sighs> unfortunate but i want to you know when you look back at your season, you know, when you step in for Andreco and play with Jeff Snyder, the way you played against Shazam, you take a look at what you did in the singles tournament, um, your time spent with the stars and Roxy and Jacoby and everyone else that, you know, they give you support in that, um, in that faction. What are you going to take away from what you did and what you accomplished this year uh, in the Schmodown? Um, I'm going to be super proud and kind of know that, I can definitely go all the way. I think that was something I never really believed until this season. You know, Jay gave me the tools to feel more confident in the entertainment side of things and put effort into that. Uh, Rachel and Sam, you know, gave me some great study habits and, you know, some great support. And so then I think Roxy coming in now with the really building up my confidence and really seeing how much this meant to me and how important it was to me was kind of the last step in getting me to where I've wanted to be and why I haven't had kind of the, you know, shiny rookie moments that, you know, like an Adam Collins getting about his first season or Paul Oyama. And it's taking me, taking me this time to get here. Um, So the fact that I've accomplished so many things that I've never done in four years time this season, just, makes me feel like I can I can do anything so I definitely think you know next season I can I can get there so absolutely I think I think also um I think a lot of players uh have always known just how capable you are in this game and whereas the fans you know they, they only see you know the wins and losses and what's yeah. on the screen um and and that's really that's no fault of their own um <laughs> Because that, that, that's that's just the access that they have, yeah. um, but other players know, and I think myself and and others, we've always known. And there's there's probably a half dozen other players just like you who who know so much, who know so much that just for whatever reason doesn't get asked at the right time or just yeah. never gets asked. Um, there's plenty. Of, I mean, you look at someone like Adam Witt, 
Paul Preston. You look at someone yeah, even like they're great. Lish Shannon, but it's just, you know. Yeah. Liz Shannon Miller. I mean, she, I mean, she's great. And she, she got some bad beats this year, but we all know that like she's capable of it. Yeah. Um, do you think, and I don't, I mean, do, I don't know how much thought you put into this, but do you think this um, kind of quiets some of the, the chatter of the, the overrated chance and all that stuff? <laughs> I mean, does that, I mean, how does, or does that fuel you? I mean, does that affect you in any way? Um, you know, I let it affect me negatively kind of last season, like to a point where I was just ready to, I'm like, Abby, you know, is there room on the question writing team? I'm done. I'm like, the luck isn't going my way. I feel like I'm putting in all this work and getting nowhere. I'm getting frustrated. And then kind of getting that last win against Warfather kind of reinvigorated me um, to be like, you know what, I can do this. And I kind of just got this second wind um, to kind of keep going to kind of not really think about what people were saying and focus on me and what I know I can do um, and have, have have people around me who think that as well and put that time into me. So um, yeah, I kind of made the decision to tune that out and just focus on myself. So that's definitely a thing made the difference. Well, look at this. Look, oh, look, have a, <laughs> okay. that's, and that, Frank. And then, yeah, that's nice. That's great. <laughs> That's very nice. Um, Janine, um, I also want to talk to you about working with Roxy because you talked about bringing the confidence there. What was, you know, is is that, I mean, you've, you've been with three different, I think, type of managers yeah. who all serve different parts of the Schmodown in, mm-hmm. in specific ways you talked about it earlier. Um, do you know, I mean, have you figured out, like, I, I'm not, I guess that's, kind of an unfair question to ask you like who would you rather be managed with because like they're all great in their own right for yeah. various reasons mm-hmm. um but i think as the showdown has evolved um with players that i think that have just a lot of knowledge and and i think even talking with you know john roca has said this you know it, it there there comes a point in time in your own game where it becomes more about mental preparedness rather than always you know you know scouring imdb and the wikipedia pages and watching all these movies because I think for players like yourself and, and a lot of other players in the league, they have a, you already have a lot of knowledge. It's just yes. about how to access that that at the right times, mm-hmm. the right time. How to stay composed in, in, in and have a mental state to where you can perform under in, in these matches in high pressure mm-hmm. situations. Um, have you found that to be true for yourself? Where you, like it it might come down more to a mental thing than it is what I know, or is it or is it still um, you're tra- trying to find that balance? Um, I think it's definitely been improved. I think with Roxy kind of in my corner, I think what also caused me a lot of problems in past seasons is just mental blocks and, you know, really not being confident in knowing things. Um, but Roxy always kind of knows what to, to say to me. She's like, you know, just focus on what, you know, you know, if that's, if you don't know it, at least try to guess something like just, you know, think critically, listen like sometimes I, I'm so nervous like I don't really hear the questions like I think in my Dan match I missed that Jack Ryan question because I was just so stressed and tense that I heard Jack Reacher and that's where my head was and I mm. couldn't get past it um and then she kind of comes in and just tells me you know you gotta breathe you gotta listen just have fun you know just focus on what you know and then I can kind of get in a better headspace as opposed to kind of letting myself sink into the stressful moments so it's been a lot of mental work for me this season and i think that's made a huge difference as well so 
Now, you didn't dabble too much with teams this year. Um, I mean, a little bit. I mean, you were with Blackjack, and then you were with yeah. the Otter Couple. <laughs> yes. um, it was very early on in the year, though, and really the rest of the year after that was just more or less focused on the singles tournament. Uh, do you think by just focusing on one division, do you think that that might be a better mode for you? Or do you still think, like, no, I can I can do both. It just uh, this year just kind of worked out that way where I spent more time with singles. Um, I definitely think I could do both. I've wanted to do both since last season. Like I, you know, when we had gotten Ethan to the suspects, I was like, okay, time machine's back on. I can do teams, but that didn't work out. Um, and then, you know, me and Jacoby. So I, since it's kind of such a similar vein of studying and preparing, I definitely thought, you know, both would be doable. Um, so I don't think it would have made too much difference if I had kind of been doing both, um, since it's kind of still the same skill set of knowledge that I'm preparing for. And then, you know, with teams, you have that bonus of somebody kind of helping you out and, you know, yeah. backing you up. Um, and kind of just how exciting my match, my first match was with Jacoby, you know, coming back from a 10 point deficit, like, yes. and us seeing that as a win, like just avoiding the TKO <laughs> was just kind of an epic moment for us. And then just having this surprise championship match, um, with Jeff and playing with him and how kind of electric that was definitely, um, invigorated my, my desire yeah. to want to do teams. So the fact that that kind of didn't work out again, um, was a little bit disappointing. So, um, I would definitely love to do both because I think since it's such a close vein of studying, it's not like going, getting into inner geekdom or something like that. Um, that I think I could definitely juggle both. Yeah. I think, uh, if, if I'm looking back at your season, when you, when you step in for Andrako and the way you played, um, with Jeff against Shazam, you know, one of the greatest teams of all time. Yeah. And then you look at how you played against Dan Merle and were able to overcome that. Um, I mean, those got to be two big-ass feathers in, in your hat <laughs> right now. I mean, if anything, right? I mean, is that is that like, that's what we're, is that what we're taking away from this season is, look, I, I've gone up against the best we have right now in the league. The best, the best team we have going right now in Shazam, undisputedly. I'm not... You can't argue that they're the best yeah. team right now, okay? <laughs> so you played against them, you took them to the limit, and then and then you were able to beat Dan in a three round quarterfinals tournament match. Um, how how much how much fuel does that give you for for next season? And you know, where do you? I mean, where do you? What's the goal for next season? Obviously, to win a championship. Yes. Right? Is it? Would you rather have one in teams or in singles first? Oh, if we're being, if we can be greedy for a little bit, yeah. You know, let's just say, um, where, where, where do you want to win one? Uh, I think singles. That's where I started. That's kind of where my focus has been for four seasons already. So it would, you know, mean a lot to the hard work that I've been putting in for so many years uh, to get it in singles. Um, teams would be amazing too, but I definitely think singles is where I would, I would want that win to be. I think after people and Ryan Be Good brings up a, another great match against you had against Marisol. Um, you know, once you beat Dan, did you think like, oh man, Marisol is like a rematch against Marisol? That's spectacular for, yes. for the title. I mean, that had been really exciting too. That, to that would have been epic. Yeah, that would have been so. Oh man, man. <laughs> I know. Like I think about it, I'm like, oh, it's been so good. Like two women, two women of color, like a rematch as well, live, like oh, all of the things, all of the things. Well, I mean, you know, Jean, you made it to the semifinal, so you're the final. You're in the final four, and usually, um, next season those players are not that far off from a title shot. 
um, usually somewhere in contention or pr fairly close to some type of gauntlet. We'll never, I mean, who knows what's going to happen next year. But yeah. typically, in the past, um, they've been right near the top of the list in terms of who's in line for a belt shot. Uh, have you thought about that and how you could potentially be one? You could, I guess, two, maybe three matches away from being in, in a in a title match, depending on how things work out. Of course, um, have you thought about the possibility that, despite losing to Barbarian, that you could be right back in the thick of it real quick at the start of next year or somewhere near the beginning of the year, potentially. Potentially. Yes, I definitely thought about that. Um, you know, I. Have, I'm still planning on, you know, preparing and studying and keeping my knowledge up, you know, in kind of the off season time, um, because I'm definitely preparing for that. Um, you know, I've gotten farther than I've ever gotten in any tournament. I've gotten more wins in a season than I have in any other season. Um, and I don't want to lose that fire. I don't want to lose, you know, that great play that I've built up. Um, that confidence that I've built up. So uh, I'm definitely keeping that in the back of my head and still kind of keeping up my preparation and knowledge all through this off season. So um, I am definitely want to be ready for that. Now, has there been talks about where you might land next year in terms of factions? Is, is it back with Roxy? Is it with someone like Sam Levine again? Is it, you know, Kate Mulligan's out there, Kaiser? I mean, I think <laughs> last this past season there was – you know, is he going to be able to draft you or not was kind of one of those things. Yeah. Uh, that didn't happen. <laughs> but <laughs> yes. I think it worked out pretty well for you either way, though, with, with Roxy and everything that came with that. So, yes. Um, is, um, there, is there a short list for, for one Janine? Because I think Janine's going to be a hot commodity come next season. Yeah. So, I I mean, I've thought about it. Like, before I knew Roxy was interested, um, the dungeon was kind of my first choice. So... I mean, if, if Kaiser comes crawling at my feet, you know, I, yeah. I might I might take him up on that. But, um, you know, I would love to stay with Roxy. I mean, she's done a lot for me. She's kind of somebody who really took the time to get to know me and get to know what this means to me. You know, the first thing she asked me was, what do you want? Um, yeah. So I knew that that was important to her to, you know, get me where I wanted to go. Um, so, yeah, I would love to stay with Roxy. Um, but personally, if I'm talking from, you know, a personal perspective of where I would want to go, if I couldn't be with Roxy, I think the dungeon is still kind of that first choice for me. So, you know, but that's not really up to me. So we'll see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, since Brad's not here, I'm going to have to, um, enlist you to talk about this King Arthur press room match. Um, when, when you're watching two rookie teams, you know, are you, is it one of these matches where you're like, all right, this is, this is fine. Or are you like really invested in terms of like what's going to happen? Cause there's King Khan, you have Griffin Nooms or Arthur. I don't yeah, know which right? name yeah, I don't... this one. Um, but then you have someone like Josh Horowitz and Perry Nemiroff. I mean, like where, where, who are you cheering for um, at, at that, in that match? Um, I was definitely like going for press room. I know Perry is kind of a, a little bit of a uh, kind of up and down player. You know, she had that big moment kind of you were talking about, like kind of these surprise matches, you know, where she beat Mike. Yeah. Um, she's had some surprising gameplay. She's definitely improved since, you know, previous matches. Um, and Josh has been on a tear himself. So I was definitely kind of looking to see if they could kind of pull up a big surprise. Cause I think maybe people were leaning towards King Arthur, just taking that. Um, so just based on kind of how Josh had been playing, I was kind of 
maybe hoping for a surprise kind of pull out by, by them. Um, so yeah, I was definitely rooting for the press room on that one. Now, um, if, Hmm. I was, I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I don't know if you can hear in the background. Yes, the past. I can. <laughs> just I'm like, I'm trying to, yeah, I'm trying to figure out how to, I'm not in a casino, uh, nor am I in a pet shelter. Um, it's J, it's J-Lo surprise yeah, J- J-Lo meowing J-Lo. outside your door. <laughs> yeah. Um, boy. All right. Never mind. Never mind. Never mind. Never mind. All right. We're getting, we're getting off the rails here. Um, all right. Well, you know, um, Let's look at spectacular though, because you know you came into it as a fan, you know first and foremost, Schmodown, and then then you started playing it. And now you're one of the biggest you know players that we have, one of the most recognizable names that we have in the Schmodown. Everyone loves to watch. Now, what looking at spectacular, um, what are you <laughs> just? Un, I can't. This, you know what I? Because I, because <laughs> I, I can't. Because like the doors, and wow, this is so. <laughs> Just, I'm great. really great. unprofessional right now. I just, wow, this is horrible. Um, uh, <laughs> and also, I'm trying to wait for, I'm, I'm waiting for, trying to wait for Brad to come back here, but I, I don't know. All right, well, we just end the show without him anyways. Uh, that's fine. Um, okay, last question before we get you out of here, Janine. Before this goes any more off the rails and just down the drain. <laughs> As it's, it's perfect. It's going right now. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Since we don't know yet um, who Marisol will be playing as Spectacular, um, what match are you most looking forward to watching as Spectacular of the ones that, you know, we know that Shazam's playing King Arthur. We know Mike Kalinowski's playing Robert Parker. And we know Thomas Harper is playing Nikki DiMolanta. Um, which one of these matchups intrigues you the most and why? Um, probably Robert and Mike, um, you know, Robert didn't have, I think the first season that like people expected him to have, you know, he was built up and talked up and he just didn't get that season that everyone was kind of expecting from him. Um, so I think to see what he can do at spectacular to see if he can really take down Mike would be a big moment for him would be, a um, huge to see like I love Robert so I would love to see him have that moment um and also just Nikki like she was kind of a surprise um and to see a a woman hold that Star Wars belt that would also be an epic thing as well so I think those two are definitely the ones I'm looking at I mean if we left Spectacular December 4th that night with Marisol defending and Nikki DiMolanta um, yeah, it, it, it would definitely be ladies' night at that point. <laughs> it, it, it actually kind of harkens back to the Shirels, Marikanopic era mm-hmm. when you know when they were running roughshod over the league. Um, Clark Wolf, Rachel Cushing, Mark yeah. all had belts. What a that was like really a golden age mm-hmm. uh, of the Schmodown. Um, all right, Janine, thanks so much for <laughs> finally you know penciling us in. <laughs> I know I'm so busy, you know so. All right, Janine. Uh, thank you so much for uh, being on this hot mess of a show. Holy crap. Um, thank you for having me. This is a good one. Oh, this one yeah, if you're going to be on any one, this is... Yeah. Wow, this is just... All right. Well, <laughs> you know what? Actually, you know what? Since you're here, and I'm just going to end the show as well. I'm going to end the show right now. Um, I'm going to cue up the music because that's how we do it here. We we're fancy like that. Um I have been Frank Janish, surrounded by chaos, casinos, and cats. 
<laughs> oh wait, the boat is here now. Look at this guy. Wow, really? Okay. All right, let's. All right, all right. Hold on. Cancel the music. <laughs> all right, this let's. Great. This is. At least he can say goodbye. At least he can say goodbye. Okay. Let's see. Let's come see. Come on, come on, Brad. Let's see with Brad Ratty. I know he's got he got up from his chair. This is behind the scenes stuff, folks. He's. <laughs> I mean, he was, he's been gone for like 45 minutes. I know. <laughs> we did the whole Literally show. Did it really take that long to check in? He was following J-Lo. He didn't go He probably check was. <laughs> Can we bring in Brad now? I don't know. Is he ready? Is he ready? Okay. I think so. All right. There. Okay. <laughs> All right. Look at. Wow. Okay. We're not even on the air so, anymore, Brad. Are we not? No, we are. No, we are. <laughs> we are. <laughs> it's just been so well, long that. <laughs> Have I been gone that long? It's been so, a minute. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. So, you know, players mess up. And the reason why my room wasn't ready at the MGM is because I wasn't staying at the MGM. <laughs> You're lying. You're lying. Get out of here. Come on. You're so lying. I called, I called Booker's wife because when they said your room, I said, okay, it must be ready. So I said, bye. I called Booker's wife who did all the booking. And I said, hey. They said my room isn't ready still, and they can't find my reservation. And she goes, where are you? I said, I'm at the MGM where I've been for the last two hours. And she said, sweetheart, our <laughs> hotels are at the Excalibur. Oh, my gosh. So I had to walk down the street. Oh, but, but, update, update. As I was waiting there at the front concierge desk, the woman whom I identified as Jennifer Lopez did walk by. Okay. Okay. With a gaggle okay. of people. With a, uh -huh. with a gaggle of people. Right. A gaggle, you then say. People, people started taking pictures with her. This woman. Okay. So I said, okay, wait, hold on. Hold on. And I'm not trying to be uh, like a, like a, like a stereotypical male of any kind, but when she, you know, arose from her seating arrangements, I realized that she was rather shapely. <laughs> so I figured she, this must be her. So, you yeah. know, a member of the entourage, I said to this person, I said, because I didn't want to be like, is that Jennifer Lopez? Right. I'm like an idiot if it wasn't, right? Mm -hmm. So I said something I thought was very sly. I said, is that who I think it is? <laughs> is that who I think it is? And so, this person responded how? So, and how this this person responded in the affirmative and said, yes, it is. So I was like, oh, my God, this is Jennifer Lopez. But are you this both thinking of the same person, though? That's the thing. We don't know. Yes. It's a great question. <laughs> <laughs> this woman, I, I, did, I did. Okay, so he says, yes, it is who you think it is. So I said, okay, can I get a photograph with this person? He said, absolutely. Get out of here. Oh, you're lying. No, no, tap, taps the woman on the shoulder. She turns around. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> if you got to think about it, it ain't. Yeah. Uh oh, now his sound just went out. <laughs> right, right at the, the oh. juicy part of the story. <laughs> his earbuds just die? Oh, my gosh. Oh, I no. Hear, I can't <laughs> no, hear him. I can't hear okay, you. Okay, here we, here we go. There we go. There we go. Okay. Can you hear me? Yeah, no. Yeah, I can hear you. Yeah. 
Go back to the You're MGM frozen. Grand where they had better Wi-Fi. Like now he's just now he's frozen. Oh no! I want to hear part of the story. Oh, I'm trying to get off here, and and then, and then like I know, and he I comes back to... in. Now he's got this great story. Now he's frozen on screen. I don't, I don't know what's. You're like totally in and out, Brad. Okay, wait, wait he's back. Are you back? Uh, uh, uh. Oh, that's still here. Oh yeah, you're back. Okay, go. Okay, here. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Status... Say the name. Just say the name. So then, <laughs> so the woman turns around, and it's obviously not Jennifer. <laughs> okay. And now I'm in this awkward position where I have to take a picture with this woman because I just asked. <laughs> Who was wait, wait, wait. it? It's it's frozen again. I'm I'm sitting here like. No. We don't know. We don't. We... <laughs> Seriously, go back to the MGM Grand. Like they have better Wi-Fi. Just hotspot. I don't. Oh, now he's now he's out. Okay. Now he's completely lost. Oh boy, I don't know. Is it time to just play the music? Yeah, we, let's cue it up again. Let's try and get this. All right. Well, all right. Well, we're gonna get we're gonna get you out here, Janine. Um, I'm gonna do. I'm gonna try and get one of these post credit scenes that we used to do back in the day. I know Justin Square loves those. So I'm gonna end the show, but I'm not gonna end the stream just so when the bell comes back we can get that story okay. um sorry audio listeners if you want to hear the rest of the story you're gonna to have to check out the, the video side um this has been the schmodown rundown i'm frank she's janine that was brad stay tuned for the post credit scene coming up after